0: Almighty God, bless the reading and hearing of Your Word. Let the Holy Spirit descend upon us that we may understand Your Word for us today. As Your Scriptures are read, as Your Word is heard, let the utterances of our mouths and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in Your sight, O oh Lord, by Your Holy Spirit and Your Holy Church. And let God's people say, Amen. Readings for today. Begin... In Amos, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Doom to those resting comfortably in Zion, and those trusting in Mount Samaria, the chiefs of the nations, to whom the house of Israel comes. Come over to Kelna and see. From there go to Hamath the Great. Then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are you better than these kingdoms? Or is your territory greater than their territory? Doomed to those who ignore the evil day and make violent rule draw near, who lie on beds of ivory, stretch out on their couches, eat lambs from the flock and bowl calves from the stall, who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp, and like David, compose tunes on musical instruments, who drink bowls of wine, put the best of oils on themselves, but who aren't grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, they will now be the first to be taken away and the feast of those who lounged at the table will pass away. Our reading continues in Ezekiel 16, verse 48 through 50. As surely as I live, says the Lord God, not even your sister Sodom and her daughters did what you and your daughters have done. This is the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were proud, had plenty to eat, and enjoyed peace and prosperity, but she didn't help the poor and the needy they became haughty and did detestable things in front of me. And I turned away from them as soon as I saw it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The last three of the seven deadly sins I saved for last because I think they can be the trickiest for us to talk about. Because gluttony, sloth, and lust often get portrayed as very, very specific things, and the scope is so narrow that it seems that they are easier to escape than most others. But I think, in a sense, they are much broader than we usually imagine them. And this happens in gluttony. Gluttony we almost always associate with, and it's almost just in the idea of overeating. And we sort of hold that that's gluttony and we, we put it in this little pigeon hole and we go, well, as long as I'm not overeating, I'm fine. And we stop thinking about it. But there's a sense of the overindulgence, the consuming more than we need on every level of the way that we consume, that gluttony has a much further reach than we usually expect. And I use the Scripture's today from the prophets because they highlighted some of the situations that fall within that realm of gluttony. That when Ezekiel starts talking about Sodom, that the problem with Sodom was they were proud, had plenty to eat, and enjoyed peace and prosperity. Now that alone is not an issue. Enjoying peace and prosperity and having plenty to eat Itself is not a problem. It's the second half that becomes the issue that she didn't help the poor and the needy. Sodom's remembered for all sorts of things. And often it's a mixed up jumble of ideas that come from all over the place. But one of the main things that the scriptures point out is that Sodom was not kind to strangers. Sodom was a land with plenty that didn't want others to come and get any part of that plenty. They were wealthy and saw fit to oppress others. The problem that we run into is when we think about gluttony just as overeating, We ignore all the other ways that we consume. And we live in a consumer driven society. So gluttony touches a little closer than most of us would like to imagine. Because it happens when we overeat. But not just overeating, it's when we eat when we could need. That when we eat and we go, you know what, it's because I just want to be so full that I can't eat another bite and it doesn't matter if somebody next door is hungry tonight. I need more for me. But it also happens even when we're not eating it. Some of us have a, a bit of a ritual that we may go through that every week we have to clear out what we didn't eat in the fridge because we've got leftovers that never got touched and we've got some produce that we didn't get around to fixing and it went bad and we've got a few things that we need to clear out of the pantry because they expired before we got around to them and as we pull those out. Occasionally we find things that we forgot we had gotten to have at some later date. And we have a ritual of going through and throwing away all the food that we thought we were going to eat. And we don't often think about what that really means. We think of, oh, well, I'm getting rid of all of this because it's, it's expired and it's no good now, so I'm just throwing out the trash. But we don't think about what it was before it was trash. Before it was trash, it was something that could have gone to feed someone who was hungry. It was something that could have been used for nourishment, for sustenance. And sometimes we get so busy making sure that we've got enough stocked up so that we are ready for anything. The one thing we're not ready to do is to make sure that somebody eats the food that we buy. Maybe it means we clean out our pantry a little sooner than usual. That as it seems we are coming towards a time when we are close to having some things expire that we give them away before they go bad. Maybe it means that we stock up a little less or maybe we clear out our fridge to make sure that we give away anything that we have before it has a chance to go bad. But how often do we do this with so many other things in our lives? How often do we have shelves full of books that we don't read? With people outside thirsty for knowledge. How often do we have tools sitting growing cobwebs in our basements and our garages? While others are struggling to find ways to repair things around the house. how often do we up so that we can and look after things to the point that we start to forget what we've even collected. The thing is that in a society like ours, consuming is this all-purpose thing that being able to buy things is a signal of your success. And so we buy more and more things. Sometimes it means that We're always buying new clothes so that we can be right at the forefront of fashion. And we have a closet full of things that we haven't worn. Things that we're not even sure that we still have. And we're surprised to find them sitting in a closet somewhere. We build up storehouses of treasure. Sometimes we have entire sections of our houses dedicated for all of these collections. But are we using them? And if we're using them, are we sharing them? Gluttony is this far-reaching thing because it possesses us to be selfish. To the point that it's not just a greed of wanting more, but it's a self-love that we want to pamper ourselves, we want to make ourselves feel wonderful. And the thing is is that that's okay. Feeling good is a natural thing, but the problem is, is that when we start saying, well, I want to feel good, and it doesn't matter how anybody else feels, I want to take care of myself and myself alone. Because we have grown up with the concept of looking out for number one. Now, there's an interesting thing. I don't think that concept is wrong. I think the idea of looking out for number one is a great concept if you remember who is number one. It's not me. Too often we trick ourselves into thinking that we are the most important person around, that we are the focus of everything. If I was going to be looking out for number one, I would be looking out for God. If I'm looking out for number one, I am looking out for Christ and I'm doing what He wants me to do because He has given me more than I can ever repay. Christ has already seen fit to save me from my own sin. He saw fit to die for my transgressions. He saw fit to offer me eternal life. And what did I do to earn it? Nothing. What can I do to earn it? Nothing. But I can't appreciate it. And I can think about looking out for number one and making sure that I think in reverse about all those things that I have. And I think about having enough food on my table, and I think, well what if I didn't? What if I didn't have enough to eat? What would I want to have happen? I think, well, you know what? I would want somebody to care enough about me to share something with me that I wouldn't be hungry, that I could feed my children. And the question quickly becomes, well then, if you have enough to eat, why aren't you doing that? If I didn't have warm clothes for the winter, surely I would want somebody to help clothe me, to give me a coat to keep me warm. But if I'm warm in the winter, then shouldn't I be the one offering the coat to someone else? If God has seen fit to take care of me to the point that I am not having to worry about where these things will come from, then surely He has blessed me enough that I can share in that security. I can share in what I've gained. Because the thing about gluttony is, is that it shuts us off from the outside world, it creates an us and a them. And everybody outside our little circle is an us and everybody outside is a them. And the them is out to take what we have. So we store up more and more and more. But that's not the us that God has in mind. The us God has in mind is us. God's children. Us. Humanity that God created in His image. Us even the least likely is our brother or sister. God calls us to care for one another because it keeps us connected to each other. And that keeps us connected to God. That when we help each other, we give up something of ourselves so that we may gain something in Christ. When we share in what God has given us, He'll see fit to give us more. When we share in those treasures that we have stored up on earth, Christ will build us up treasures in heaven. God calls us to be with one another because it keeps us connected to His love. We are reminded that God loves us by loving one another. We are reminded that God forgives us when we forgive one another. We are reminded that God is merciful when we show mercy to one another. When we love and care and we give. When we take care of each other as we would want to be taken care of, we are reminded that God has taken care of us in all that we have, in all that we are, and all that we do. We defeat gluttony by thinking truly of our neighbors as ourselves. That if we think about how we want to love ourselves and we love our neighbor in that same way, then we can never have too much because we'll always have enough to give. Because we always think about how we'd want to be given to, then we think about how we give. If we think about our neighbor as ourself when we love our neighbor as we love ourselves, then we can never be too greedy because we will always, always be giving to those around us just as we would want them to give to us. And we grow together as we share together. And we build each other up instead of tearing each other down. We defeat gluttony by giving up that sense of self that says that we have to be the top priority in everything. We give it up. We let God have that spot. We let God have that spot gladly because when we give to Him He can give all in return when we give for Him He can give us more than we ever imagined when we give to Him we sustain each other in love and mercy and we grow together that our hearts grow in love with Christ as we help the people that Christ has asked us to help And we grow each and every day stronger and stronger in that love. That we don't sit back on beds of ivory. That we don't lie back on fine sheets thinking about how good our lives are and how worried we are about somebody taking that from us. But we instead remember those around us. And know that if God has seen fit to give us security, that He's done so so that we may offer security to others. Till a world can enjoy the peace and prosperity that we have. That a world has plenty to eat. And we never have to follow that statement with a but. That we let God's kingdom felt on this earth through the love of his people as we follow that dearest command love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself Amen